0: Another edition of the Forkstown Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy that's going to take us higher, Mister Bo, Bo, How are you doing today? <laughs> uh,
1: I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing very good. Uh, how are you tonight? How are you tonight, Mister Clark?
0: I, <laughs> uh, you know, you you hopped on this call today, and you. Started singing Creed, and and now I can't get him out of my head. So, you know, I'm just gonna embrace it with arms wide open. I'm, I just really am.
1: I I'm I'm very impressed right now. You are you are on a roll. You are on a roll, my friend. Keep it going. I keep it going. I like I'm liking it. Yep.
0: <laughs> I I sure hope you are, and you don't look like you're too weathered right now. And and so yeah, that's about all the. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all the Creed references I can make. <laughs> oh, my brain was melting down there. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been going pretty good. Uh, you know, Of course, we're missing Mariners baseball. And uh, cracking hockey hasn't been great, but the Seahawks won today. They won at home. Uh, very not fun game to watch. Thought we were going to choke at home against the Browns, but uh, they pulled it out. Geno pulled it out. Um, did you catch that game, Bo? I I know you're a big football fan.
1: Uh, no. Forget. Sometimes I forget the NFL is even on Sundays, so no, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't watch.
0: (laughs) Well, I know the one game you were watching was the Idaho Vandals versus the Montana State Bobcats, and go Idaho, go Idaho! That you know, for all you fans out there that don't know about Idaho Vandal football, you should. You should, they're going to be They're One of the, well, what do we say? One of the five best teams in the nation right now in the FCS level.
1: Yeah. Playing some good, uh, playing some good football, big sky footballs, you know, a lot of fun and in the top of the big top of the FCS. So, um, yeah, I was, you know, pushing to be the top of it. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. If you're not a big fan of big sky football, at least maybe give it a shot. It's uh, it's a good time.
0: You know, I, I know you're ranking on conferences, Bill. Um, you know, number one for you would probably be the SEC. Number two, Big Sky. Three, you know, you kind of just can readjust all the conferences after that. And then there's like 15 layers of dirt, and then we get to the Pac 12, right? That's, that's your ranking system right there.
1: <sighs> um,. <laughs> Where to even go with that? Um, I yeah, I guess based off on of that, right? It's like after next year, what 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 even is it at that point, right? Because thank God the Pac-12 be gone, right? So you know it is what it is. But get out of here with that stuff. You are you are a hot mess tonight, Richard. You are you are on top of it. I'm I'm impressed.
0: All right? Uh, you better not let Kate hear this because uh, I think she'd skin me alive. Uh, you know, with the SEC talk on here. So, or maybe that's Kate's mom. Regardless, you know, <laughs> both of them don't like the SEC. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, enough of that talk. Let's get into it. Um, but before we get into everything, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. Obviously, that's if you're a returning listener. Welcome back. If you're a first time listener, thanks for choosing Forks Down podcast. Um, you know, we're here doing the off season thing. Uh, this is week three of breaking down. Um, kind of where the Mariners need to go this off season. The last two weeks have been breaking down the pitching and hitting side of things. Um, So if you want to go back and check those out, you know, whatever uh, app you're listening on, um, that would be episode number 66 and 67. Um, If you want to just listen to some, you know, of our older stuff, you know, go to ones before that, you know, we had a bunch of them during the season. Um, I'm very impartial to the Christmas episode from last year where Bo and I tried to stump each other with trivia um, which I'm pretty sure I won. So want to know, want to know, want to know. But, um, you know, go check those out. And just thank you for supporting us, guys. You know, we're um, having fun doing this. And um, we see the, the number of listeners and number of views we get every week. And, um, you know, it's just it's awesome to see. So thank you. Um, if you haven't already, go to hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and find us on Threads. Just search "forks down" podcast. Also, hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. You'll get notified about new episodes dropping. You can rate us if you love us; give us five stars. It'll help get us up the charts. Um, if you hate us, give us one stars, and I'll reply to you like I reply to people at work, um, which isn't very nicely. Just kidding. I don't do that. I'm a good employee. But um, yeah, if you do that, you know, give us five stars. Get us up the charts. Get us some um, more listeners. You know, you'll help expand forks down nation. So that would be awesome for us. Um, shout out. I was just looking at our audience count before we got in here. Um, shout out to the people that are listening in Germany and Australia. Um, I know we've got at least a dedicated listener in Australia and then probably a couple over in Germany. Um, so thank you, you know, from not just people in the U.S. but people across the world listening to us. So pretty cool to see our reaches that far. All right, boo. Let's get into it. No transactions a note. Um, And before we get into a little off-season talk, um, you know, we've got the World Series going on. And the Rangers and Diamondbacks, uh, you know, it it might be um, a tied series right now, 1-1, going into, uh, I think, Monday's game. We're shooting on Sunday night. Um, But uh, I don't know. After Game 2, Bo, the Diamondbacks just looked in sync and... I I'd be scared to play him right now. You know, a lot of, a lot of two out hits that scored runs and it just, yeah. I mean, how are they, how are they going to be beat?
1: Yeah. I don't know. The Dimebacks seem like they're, they're peaking at the right time. I think that they, uh, seemingly have put it kind of all together and they still have guys like Christian Walker who are still kind of piecing it all together too. Right. And they're still trying to figure out their postseason. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, even in that first game, right? Um, I felt like the Diamondbacks just controlled it up until, um, well, our boy, um, you know, end up giving up a pretty big home run to Corey Seager. But I think that's just, you know, that's still one or two pitches away from, you know, a two zero lead in the series. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the pitching is going to hold up for, um, for the Diamondbacks, but they seemingly have. I don't know they seemingly aren't letting the moment get to them at this point and they're peaking at the right time. They've still got a couple of guys. I think are going to figure it out, um, pick up some other, you know, hits from them. Just like, I think Tommy fam did in their most recent game. And uh, yeah, they're just looking really in sync right now. It just doesn't look like, I know that the, I know that the Rangers have um, the X factor kind of seems like in the postseason and Adoles Garcia right now. And Corey Seeker had a big game, but um, and, you know, they have a good enough offense that I think could kind of, you know, lead them as we saw in the Astros series to the, to the world series there. But um, yeah, I think it might come down to whose pitching is going to kind of hold up right now. And it just seems like the Diamondbacks are just kind of in sync.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it just, I, uh, it, it's crazy to watch. Cause like um, I was catching Abby and I went out for dinner last night and where we went, they had the game on and it's just the, the Diamondbacks are doing just the little things right too. Like, um, I can't remember who it was. It was, was it Perdomo or Marte? I can't remember. Um, he's still second. And, like, the moment you saw him get the jump, you're like, he's not going to be touched. Like, there's no way you're throwing him out. And he was almost standing up on the base before the throw got there. So it's like, it's, you know, the two out hits, the stolen bases. I mean, um, I haven't seen him. I think they've been thrown out on the, you know, base path stealing this off season, but I haven't seen it every time I've watched, you know, they're just, you know, they're doing the little things right. two out hits, you know, it's not even, you know, where the Rangers are relying on the power of Adolis Garcia and uh, Corey Seager, you know, in game one and Evan Carter's had some big hits, you know, the Diamondbacks just seem to be doing the complete opposite of that. They're getting people on base, they're stealing bases, they're coming up with timely hits and it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the team, you know, that that's what you got to do to win this series.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, we're gonna, we'll are look back, it's, but it's like, uh, um, you know, even like even last year, the year before that to hear like four stolen bases in one World Series game, that would be kind of a weird thing to, I think, happen or occur right in previous previous years of baseball. And, you know, the the Dimebacks did that in the got the first game of the World Series, right? So like, and Corbin Carroll also had a triple in that one. So like, just the athleticism is showing for this, the Diamondbacks team. And I think we might look back at like some of the rules that were implemented and who benefited the most from that. And I think the Dimebacks are kind of taking full advantage of it, even though I know they ended up losing that game, but it um, just seemed like a super athletic team. And, you know, I think, I think the Rangers probably have like maybe an overall better, whatever you want to call it, hitting philosophy, hitting offensive talent, but, um. yeah, the Dimebacks just kind of keep piecing things together and they're playing a little bit of small ball too with, um, I think Evan Longoria had his second sack bunt in his career or something like that. It was something crazy that they were talking about in the in the, and uh, I think the most recent game that it was a second sa- second career sacrifice bunt, which is wild, but um, yeah, they're playing small ball and they're taking advantage of things.
0: It'd be really cool if Evan Longoria could get a ring, Um, you know, before he decides to retire that would just be really cool so i'm rooting for the diamondbacks and boat have you seen what the real catalyst of the world series like them getting to the world series was you know it wasn't their hitting it wasn't their pitching did you hear what it was i did not tell me oh it was uh it was something that mirrored the 2001 season randy johnson if you remember that season hit a bird and the bird exploded And they won the World Series that year. This year, Zach Gallen hit a bird. The bird exploded, and they're in the World Series. Coincidence? I think not.
1: Wow, sounds like some birds are making some serious sacrifices for the Dimebacks there. So, um, (laughs) uh, well, if that's the case, then that's the case. That would be the the chances that are astronomical. I would be impressed, but um, see if they pull it out.
0: <laughs> we will uh definitely uh, well, you know, it could it well be uh finished next uh episode. So, you know, we will uh you know if it's finished by the next episode, we'll come back next week and we'll talk about, you know, who the winners were, but um, I don't know. Just go watch it. It's been an exciting series. Um and and pulling for Polly Seawald, pulling for Kettle Marte, um, and pulling for Kyle Lewis to get a ring. So,
1: (laughs) well, and you know, I've got to remember is that uh, Dominic Canzone, Josh Rojas, they will also get Uh, rings. So, yeah, there you go.
0: Wow, at least someone on the Mariners is getting a World Series ring. (laughs) Anyways, let's let's move on to some off-season talk, Bo. So, the last couple weeks we've talked about the pitching, talked about the hitting. You know, we. Especially last week, we talked about the lows. You know, I would say we talked about the highs too, but a lot of the lows of the offense and, um, you know, kind of the up and down season that the pitching staff had. Although the pitching staff was very well, but uh, you know, as we've kind of pointed out the last couple of weeks, uh, we are we are very much needing to improve this team. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of needs that we need, and you know, it, it kind of I wouldn't say that it doesn't help, but, you know, big offseason acquisition last season. Say, Oscar Hernandez, he's a free agent. You know, do we give him a qualifying offer? Um, does he resign with us? You know, if we go by any indication by that Instagram post, it sounds like he's gone. You know, we got guys like Tom Murphy that are a free agent, um, and, and he, you know, he's done well in the very limited capacity he's played in because he keeps getting hurt. You know, so it's just like, we've got so many moving parts right now that it it's just going to be a wild off season. Cause going to be a neat, there's probably going to be a lot of turnover, you know, between the end of the season and the start of next season.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. And this will be an off season. I think it's going to be a little unpredictable. Like we're going to run through names. We're going to run through all sorts of things. And, um, But I think we're at a we're at a point now where I think the the phrase I think I've seen is just like it's time to probably get creative with the way that we think about getting players and acquiring them and acquiring the right players that we think fit into, you know, our ballpark and our system and all that. Like, it's probably time to get creative with that. And, you know, I don't know what that I don't know entirely what that means. Right. You know, maybe that means some sort of odd, funky trade that we're not expecting. That's kind of what I'm maybe anticipating of some sort. But. Um yeah, it's gonna be an odd off season because there's a lot of different areas that I think we're gonna walk through that, you know, we could fill, um, that maybe we should fill, and maybe there's some that we're just gonna to have to kind of leave it as being right now. But um yeah, I think most up front, right, Teoscar Hernandez um, you know, likely I mean is a free agent now, right? um yeah i think maybe we start with that right um and i think we also talk about you know the two i think notes we have primarily here are Teoscar being a free agent and tom murphy is also a free agent um but yeah what do you feel about the qualifying offer um to Teoscar hernandez um how do you feel about it i think today i think the qualifying offer is going to sit right around 20 million dollars right now 20 million and a half dollars and there's a whole lot of risk involved with extending it to a guy do you you know how do you feel about how do you feel about giving it to to teoscar right now
0: that's a that's a very big number for someone that didn't produce for half the season you know had a very rough start to the season you know came through and he he was a power bat by the end of it you know kind of got lost in the shuffle like everyone else in september um but is he worth 20 million dollars i i don't know I don't know. I mean, it certainly doesn't mean that he would take it um, if he was smart and we extended him a qualifying offer. I think he should look at him and be like, I should take that after the season he had, you know, um, but I I don't know. I don't think the Mariners should do it, um, you know, regardless of, you know, the, the perks that it has if he doesn't and then doesn't take it and then goes back and signs with someone else. I don't I think the positives um, are very much outweighed by the negatives.
1: The positives of not extending of the offer, that's what you're saying, or the positives of extending the offer.
0: Uh the positives of extending the offer uh, yeah. greatly get outweighed by the negative. Um, I don't think we need to be saddled with that a $20 million contract. Especially Tay Oscar. I yeah. mean, we we'd be better off Going to try and sign Joe Way. Seriously.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Cause it's, cause like there is the draft pick compensation, right? Which I know that Jerry and team like. Um, but there's all the, there's very likely chance that he just accepts it. But yeah, I think it kind of comes down to like what Teoscar thinks he's going to get on the market, which I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get $20 million a year, but. If you get something maybe like a little less than that, like eighteen somewhere in there per year, you know, for five years instead of you know a one year, twenty year, you know, maybe that works better for you. But I don't know if somebody's going to give them that because that also means that they're going to have to, you know, they have some, you know, things that they have to give up at that point too. So that's a rough one. It's a tough one. Um, I I just feel like probably the Mariners don't want to just run it back with maybe some of the same guys. And Teoscar is obviously part of that. So um, I don't think they're probably going to extend one to him just because c- of that. And then if he comes back, you're probably talking about maybe just filling him in a DH role where maybe that might be okay. Right. Cause you've never really had somebody in the DH role, but it's not really how Jerry and team like to do things. So it's a tough one. I, ex- I, I don't think the Mariners are probably going to extend it. Um, and I guess that's probably the right move. I think just based upon his history with the Mariners and it would feel like just trying to run it back with the same guys if he ends up accepting it. So um, I think it's probably the right move, probably to not extend it to him, but uh, I could see, I could see them doing it if they blink that, you know, the, the market for him is going to be greater than um, maybe what we believe it to be. So um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could be completely wrong and he could get, Twenty million dollars a year but i mean i think it's just that's a chance if you go and extend it and he goes out and the team is gonna be like oh we'll give you a one year seven million dollars he's gonna turn around and be like i got 20 million dollars waiting here that's a that's a pretty big risk on the mariners part you know so i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens with him it'll be interesting to see what happens with tom murphy because you know he's a he's a free agent um i'd love to try and bring him back you know on a a a small deal but i mean how much can tom murphy be relied upon after his injury history the last couple seasons
1: yeah no it's a it's a good point and um uh yeah it kind of feels like it's been off and on and just not something that you've been able to rely upon i think the the upside of that is that when he is healthy right he's a, a very good Overall, you know, catcher, right? So the challenge becomes like the tandem that you have between the two of them, Cal Raleigh and Tom Murphy, when they're both on, is the value of that is incredibly high, right? You're talking about two potential like above, you know, average catchers offensively, right? That's very unheard of. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it's there's yeah, I, it's a complicated one because because um, of his injury history, and I also think it's complicated because. I don't really know like if I was going to go to roster resource, which is what I'm going to quote most of the off season. I think as you're well aware right now, it's like Luis Torrens is the backup catcher. And I don't know if we're even going to tender Luis Torrens a contract, which I don't think we will, but um, yeah, I think, you know, we have on our off season needs list, right? Some version of a backup catcher um, to kind of fill that hole, maybe until Harry Ford comes up. I don't think Harry Ford's going to be up certainly anytime I think immediate, but um, you know, we probably need some sort of backup catcher. So I do kind of see maybe just us trying to bring Tom Murphy back on some sort of deal. And maybe we have some other backup third catcher option, like kind of like we've had this year. But um, I think that's, I think that's probably the way to go. Right. But he also might, he also yeah. might get something out out there on the market as well, because it just, he's a pretty good, you know, overall catcher.
0: Yeah, no. And I, I mean, it, it should be, you know, if you go back and last, listen to a lot of our episodes when he was healthy, When he's healthy, he makes up a very good tandem in catcher. Like, I'm not kidding you, could be top three tandem in all of baseball. But it just really revolves around him being healthy. Because that doesn't just hurt him when he's not healthy. That hurts Cal Raleigh because then Cal's got to be behind the plate more. And as much as I love Cal, Cal's my favorite Mariner right now. And... uh, You know, I I want him to get a lot of the at bats because, you know, he's got the power there. It's just like he can't be behind there the whole time. You know, I think that attributed a little bit to uh, the decline the Mariners had in September. You know, it's not all on Cal, but, you know, him having to play a lot behind the plate, he's not getting those days off. He's not getting those rests. He's just beat down, tired, you know? And Cal just seems like a guy that would never complain about it, but, you know, it'd just be a lot better if you know Tom Murphy was healthy and so I don't know it would be I think you know we're gonna rank the needs of the team I think backup catcher would probably be near the bottom because I do think there is a very very strong chance that Tom Murphy comes back and is is you know the backup catcher again to Cal for this Mariners team in 2024
1: yeah I tend to agree with that um I tend to agree with that. Uh, And, you know, I don't know off the top of my head of which teams are going to be looking for some sort of catcher this off season, but, um, you know, I'd love for, and Tom is getting a little bit up there in age and baseball years anyways, right. Is in his 33 age, 33 season. So yeah, I feel like Seattle is a good spot for him. um, Especially as we kind of prepare, if we can get a whole year of Tom Murphy. Right. And then I think at some point, I think, you know, 2025 is more predictable for Harry Ford if he's still with the team at that point, right? Um, I think that all kind of fits in, right? If, and hopefully we keep him healthy. So um, I'd love to see Tom review back.
0: Yeah. I, I can think of two teams off the top of my head, Bo, that are probably going to want to catcher. The first being the Yankees, because there was some, I, I feel like there was some deadline talks revolving, you know, the Yankees needing to get a catcher and tom murphy you know being hot at that time i know we discussed it so i'm sure the yankees are probably going to be looking for a catcher again um and then if they were smart i feel like the astros would be looking for a catcher because martin maldonado is pretty terrible
1: martin maldonado yeah yeah, actually i I pulled up a list here i could see the marlins potentially looking for a catcher and there's a couple other lists Mm -hmm. there but uh yeah the astros are Close to the last there. Mart- Martin Maldonado's not good. Are you sure about that? Are you, are you sure about that?
0: Um, You, you know what? I, I don't ever want to agree with Astros fans, but watching them blow up like, post-game feeds and stuff with, well, we can't blame anyone but Dusty because he decides to roll out Martin Maldonado instead of Yanir Diaz. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you guys kind of have a mm-hmm. point. <laughs> we saw that quite a bit this season. I don't want to agree with you, but I agree with you. <laughs> So,
1: All right, yeah. yeah, let's let's move on from them, but
0: yeah, <laughs> too much Astros talk yeah. already. Oh, I see how it is. Um, yeah, you know, just looking, you know, as a, a general overview of this off season, you know, I I think our pitching is going to be there, but you got to rank the offense as the number one goal this season, this this off season, to uh, to improve. You know, we that was the Mariners biggest thing this season their cold streaks at the start of the year and the end of the year a lot of it revolved around the offense you know they were striking out too much and and you know not putting the ball in play or getting weak contact and it just you know offense should be the number one goal this season but the Mariners have so many needs there's so many ways you could probably handle this um you know Bo, if you were to rank the needs of the the team this offseason you know who i guess where do they start where does this offense come from are they looking to get a corner out further first are they looking to fill it second base something that we've had trouble filling the last couple of years or do we replace Ty at first do we go dh where are we going with this When, um you know we're looking at the uh the needs of the team you know where do we start
1: sure thing i'll run through them and you can tell me you can tell me if they're garbage or if you think I'm just need to start this all over again. How does that sound? So, I mean, at first at the first I have, um, first I have, cor- have corner outfield spot, right? I think it's, uh, and like I said, buckle up, cause I'm going to be quoting roster resource. Most of all the off season, right? Like right now they have Cade Marlowe slotted in at left field. Right. Um, if I was to do this, I would say probably Dominic Canzone is probably where I would slot in at left field, Jared Kelnick in right field, and then obviously Julio in center. But um, yeah, I think just given um, the unpredictability of, you know, Cade Marlowe and Dominic Canzone having these young guys up um, very painfully, I think obvious that we need some sort of quarter outfielder to go to right field or left field, and then Jared Kelnick can likely start in the other spot um and uh basically someone to fill a Teoscar Te hole right that um is potentially and hopefully better than teoscar Hernandez. So we'll start there. Uh, the next place I would say is second base and as much as you know I think Josh Rojas made some very good um contributions I think towards the end of the season um I think Josh Rojas is more of a kind of utility kind of you know a better better version of maybe Jose Caballero off the bench right I think that's kind of where I see Josh Rojas probably thriving a little bit better in that role but um yeah i think second base and then you've i think rightly pointed out second base it just kind of felt like i don't know it just feels like we keep putting band-aids on it right it's just like adam frazier and then colton Wong, and uh, you know maybe the long-term goal is cole young in second base but um you know cole Young's not going to be here for for a while so um i feel like we just need some we need something there that's going to be more than a band-aid at this point um so i've got uh, corner outfield second base um the next place i'll go is is just first base um you know ty france has uh seemingly just gotten i want to say worse right for a sense you know he really i think peaked in his uh his 2021 season um, his 2022 season, uh, you know, he improved, uh, you know, he hit more home runs in 2022, but the production was still, I would say relatively good, but you can kind of see some of the expected numbers and some of the, you know, harder hit balls go down. And then in 2023, it was just, uh, you know, uh, not a good version of high France. I think we still got an average kind of first baseman, I would say right with a 104 on WRC plus, but I think for the role and for where he's at, we talked about this last week, right? Um, we should likely be looking at some of the other outside resources to kind of fill that hole. If we can't, you know, really fill, I think big gaps in the middle of the lineup. So have first base. Um, I kind of put DH in the next spot and maybe some of those, maybe that DH spot is kind of filled with holes with kind of the other roles that we just talked about. But um, I had this up recently and I was just looking at um, yeah. War based upon, the designated hitter spot and um the Mariners were one of the worst in the AL, right. Just in terms of war out of that spot in general, we're talking about offensive war at that point. Right. But um I know that we continue to use that as kind of like a rest for everybody, but um I would love for us to think about trying to fill it and trying to have, <laughs> trying to have somebody like, it's just uh, the fact that we have like the ultimate DH and we've had the ultimate DH on, we are the Mariners and we, you know, kind of bred the the position of the DH based upon one of our historic hitters. And we don't have somebody that really fills that hole is a little embarrassing, but that's just uh, that's just what that is. So um, then I have backup catcher pending, you know, no resign of Tom Murphy on here. Um, and I'll probably throw a little bit of a on our list here. I think I'm going to put a relief arm above kind of third base here um i think some having somebody else out of the bullpen on top of the you know the guys i think we have i think would be more beneficial than probably looking at from third base but i also have third base is kind of a question mark there with eugenio suarez um and we can talk about that a little bit more but then at the bottom i have an additional starter and a lot of that will depend on you know more trades that we make during the off season. so um thoughts dislikes likes what do you like I- there
0: I I agree with that list. Um, You know, obviously, if Tom Murphy resigns, then I think backup Kitcher goes down to, you know, near the bottom of the list. Because like I said, the Mariners um, will, uh, you know, have one of the better tandems in the league. Um, You know, I think third base maybe needs to be one or two higher you know Gino uh, Gino seems to be on the decline you know his defense was was a plus but his uh, his offense you know he he should be averaging 30 home runs a season and he didn't hit that this year so um, you know just a little bit cause for his concern but um, you know I, I agree with, with your top four there um, especially the corner outfielder we need to get someone in there that um you know can be better than tail, and I would really like second base to be solidified. It just doesn't feel like we've had a second baseman that was uh you know worth a dang since uh Robbie Cano, you know going that was a little little while back now, so uh first base again, uh I want to see what happens with ty France the drive line help j p you know, I hope it helps him. And then yeah, you're right. DH, you know, I hope they they can bring someone in that is reliable. You know, it's doesn't seem like uh that's going to probably be on Jerry's the top of his uh uh you know, off-season list. Um, you know, last season they had a chance to sign sign JD Martinez, and it's uh, you know, it never came through. I I think he would have it would have been interesting to see what happened if we had signed him, you know. Through the course of the season, how that would have reflected, you know, at least you got to think their war would have been a little bit better out of the DH slot if we at least had signed someone like JD Martinez. So, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to what see what happens with the pitchers, um, because I, you know, I do think a lot of them, a lot of that gets reshuffled if the Mariners decide to make a trade. You know, and I, I think the first thing going would be a pitcher. And there's a lot of question marks right now, you know, with Robbie Rabian out until the all-star break with Marco coming back. I mean, really, you know, what kind of role is he going to have? And then, you know, looking at the young guys, the the Bryce Miller's, the Brian Wu, like, can we rely on them for a whole season? You know, would we be better off shipping them out and getting some offense? You know, it's, there's so many so many variables to this off season that we could talk about and we could probably spend two or three hours talking about it. But, you know, we usually try to average an hour show. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's tough. It's, it's hard to predict. Well, that's
1: why we're going to cut this offseason episode into two. Right. So um, but yeah, I guess, you know, on that topic. Right. So like. Um, you know, on here we have, we have Brian Wu, we have Bryce Miller, we have even Logan Gilbert on there and we have to maybe to a lesser extent, Emerson Hancock. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think the, I don't want to say the writing's on the wall with one of these guys, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's got to happen. I feel like it's going to happen with, with one of them. I, maybe, you know, we can all, we'll talk about some of the trade targets that might be there. Right. But, um, you know, maybe of. I don't maybe want you know. I don't want you to say like which one do you think is the best there, right? But like which one do you think of these guys is the most likely to be traded? Maybe we'll put it that way of of the starters of the guys. You can even throw you know Marco. Obviously Marco's values you know quite a bit less there, but um, you know maybe of those big three there, Brian Wu, Bryce Miller, Logan Gilbert. Which one do you feel like is the most movable or the one that might get traded? The has the most trade value of all of them. Yep
0: well, the most trade value would be Logan Gilbert. It's going to be really dependent on, you know, what Jerry wants to do in the trade market. It's going to, you know, are we going to go get someone that's going to slot in in the top three of the order? If so, you're going to probably have to shell out Logan Gilbert. We looking for middle of the order, five, six, seven. We could probably manage with Brian Wu, Bryce Miller, or a mixture of both, you know? And then obviously I wouldn't go for anyone seven eight nine if if you know it means giving up Logan Gilbert Miller or um, Brian Wu uh, maybe a Hancock in that situation um, but you know I, I don't know it just I, I just know that Logan Gilbert's gonna carry the most trade value for this this team you know some of the trade targets we have um, that we've we've just heard from sources you know that keep tweeting out you know prediction list stuff like that. You know, if you want to go get a Pete Alonso, um, a Jose Ramirez, a Randy O'Reilly, Juan Soto, like I'm 99% sure Logan Gilbert's going to be the, the centerpiece of that deal. And then you're going to also probably include, you know, if the guys I just mentioned, you're probably going to include a Bryce Miller, Brian Wu. And then you're going to probably have to include a uh, Gabby Gonzalez or a uh, Harry Ford, you know. If, if, if you're serious about getting one of those big names and if you're not if you're looking for a you know I would say a Yandi Diaz a, a parees a, I or Isaac Paredes, uh Spencer steer Jeff McNeil then you could probably get by with getting a, a Bryce Miller Brian Wu situation but um yeah those those uh those top five that I just said those top four I should say um, yeah that's gonna that's going to take a hefty cost
1: yeah and i think um you know somebody like somebody like randy who has you know a lot of team control um i think a lot of people have shipped randy R- rose arena to the mariners at, at some point right i think there's i think that makes sense um i think you're probably talking about yeah i think getting logan gilbert in that in that, right. And I think there's some probably leeway. I don't, certainly not. I don't think it's a one for one trade between the two of them. I think you can probably ask for more for the raise, just given, um, Logan Gilbert's talent and just where he's at, um, currently, um, you know, potentially, you know, a, a, I think a Cy Young, you know, I think but get her in the future. Right. Um, and has a lot of team control left. Those guys don't come cheap. Right. So, um, I think the, I think the raise might have a little bit of, um, uh, they don't really know what's the way I think the direction of the team might be going on the off season, right? Which they do have a little bit of depth when it comes to, I think guys that might make sense for the Mariners with, um, yeah, we can throw Randy out there. We can also throw a guy like Yandy Diaz, Isaac Paredes. Um, I would even throw someone maybe on a smaller deal, like Harold Ramirez making sense, just like guys that can play. First base can play third base, can play a couple of different positions, right? And those are spots that I think the Mariners could could fill in. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry and the Rays work out something because the Rays are, you know, always looking to kind of trade guys. That's how they kind of uh, even guys with team control, even though they have good value, because that's kind of how the Rays rebuild their teams and get better. But um, also the Rays, I think, won ninety nine games last year, so I don't really feel like they need to rock the boat too much if they don't want to. Um, I think they're a really good trade partner. I think they could be somebody that we, we hear about a lot this off season, but um, it's also, you know, if they decide to do nothing, I could see that too. Um, so good one there. I, I would say Pete Alonso and one Soto. I don't know how you feel, but I think for both of Pete Alonso and one Soto, it's only one D it's only one year for both of them, I believe. Right. So like, uh, am I, am I giving up Bryce Miller for one year of one Soto and for Pete Alonso? uh, I'm kind of him and Han on this. I'm like, you know, it's some of it, some, some of it comes down to like, do we think we're that close? Right. Like do we, and I, I think we're pretty close to being, you know, the top of the AOS obviously that showed this year. Right. And it's, uh, it's very difficult for me to say like, you know, we're going to give up five years of Bryce Miller and probably an additional, you know, Harry Ford and maybe even another piece to get one of these guys. But, um, you know, a middle of the order that has, you know, Julio on Soto and or Pete Alonso is tempting.
0: And I think, you know, if if we were to get both those guys, um, maybe less Pete Alonso, but more so Juan Soto, I think a deal would have to be very contingent on, you know, can we resign him? You know, because we're losing, you know, that many years of control for one year. I mean, yeah, it comes down to if, if we're contending, but like for Juan Soto, I would feel like, you know, the next step would be we trade for him and then we're giving him that extension, you know, and that's going to be, that's going to be an expensive extension and is going to be close to probably what Shoei Otani is commanding. So, like, if that's what it's going to require, then why not just go get Shoei Otani? Like, I don't know. It just, again, there's so many variables to that. I don't know how many times I keep saying there's so many variables, but, like, you know, a big guy like that, I, I would certainly hope, you know, if we made that trade, the next step would be Jerry going, okay, let's go get a deal done. You want 10 years? We're going to give you 10 years.
1: Yeah. which, is...
0: And then that, and then that comes down to like, do, do we as fans want that? <laughs> we saw what happened with Robbie Cano.
1: Yeah. So. And I just say like both those guys, um, you know, Juan Soto's agent, Scott Boris, Pete Alonso's from Florida you know, for you never see a Florida guy like born in Gainesville is like, born in Gainesville or is born in like somewhere in Florida, like spending most of his time on the East coast. Like I just don't, I just don't really see how those guys really wanted to be in Seattle. So I think it's, I think your point is very good, right? The Mariners want to be like the Braves. They want to be like, um, you know, a couple other teams pass to try to extend guys and get guys for the long haul. But, um, it's just difficult for me to see either of those guys really wanting to stay. Maybe Randall Rose arena could be talked into it, but he's also, you know, has a couple more years of team control. So it's just, uh, it's fit. I think one of my problems that I'm having a hard time when I'm going through like a lot of these trade targets and I'm reading a lot of these articles and I'm reading a lot of Mariner talk and everything else, just like, I think actually getting to a sort of trade, getting to a trade that I think makes sense for, for the long haul, right? Like I think Teoscar Hernandez on paper last year made a lot of sense. Like, I think that you could see from a, from a standpoint of, you yeah, know, the Blue Jays not really having a whole lot on the relief side and maybe wanting to move a little bit for to get a little bit more on on that front. They had Teoscar Hernandez to ask her could do. I think that in that deal, like in retrospect, made a lot of sense. I think the Colt Wong deal made a lot of sense. And it's just, I, I'm having a hard time. And maybe there's something like once it'll break, right, that it makes more sense. But it's very difficult for me to like see a deal right now that's kind of hitting me over the head. And, Um, you know, we'll talk about the next team here in a minute, which is, you know, where I, where you're gonna, where you're kind of done with. But, um, I, I will say this is that I think that there is something that is potential there that with the St. Louis Cardinals that I, that you can, you're shaking your head at me. I understand, but like, I think that there is something there that Jerry and team are going to get done. And, and I only think that because I could, I could put, logan gilbert into a deal and probably probably figure out something to do there i could put bryce miller into a deal i could put brian Wu into a deal and probably get something done but i think to maybe what your concerns are with the cardinals or the issues with the cardinals or the cardinals kind of clutch their pearls really tight really close and like i just don't know if they're going to be uh you know wanting to go in on it but i think that there's a lot of guys on the cardinals that end up making a lot of sense and i can go run through them but what are your thoughts on? Well, well, we'll run through them here in a second, but you know, what do you think about the Cardinals? Do they are they a good trade partner? No, you don't think so. Elaborate, no, please no, elaborate. No, yep. I've
0: I've not liked the Cardinals as a trade partner, even when there was trade you know, trade deadline talks about it. You know, I just I have this sneaking suspicion that whoever we get, if it's not a Arenado or Goldschmidt, and they've never claimed to be on the block there. So it would have to be a guy like Lars Newtbar, uprending Donovan, and Alec Burleson. They would just turn into another, you know, Colton Wong situation. I don't know. I don't want to go down that road again. We need someone that's proven. Those guys aren't proven. Uh, Unless, okay, you know what, I would be inclined. You know what, I, the, the only way I will be inclined, though, is the Mariners trade for Lars new And then he's used in the recruiting to go get Shohei otani cause they seem to bond when they were on team Japan for the world baseball Classic. That is the only way.
1: Yeah. That's cause that's exactly how those things work. Right. It's like just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I would, so I would argue that I think Lars new is, I think Lars new is a pretty good fit for the Mariners actually. Like, I think that you, 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 you're kind of hating me right now, but like, I think I think Newt, as they like to call him, is, uh, is a pretty good fit for the Mariners. I think that um, he's a guy that makes contact with the ball. The Mariners don't do a whole lot of that. He's a guy that doesn't have a high swinging strike rate. The Mariners have a high swinging strike rate, right? He's a little bit of a different look from what this Mariners team is. Um, and I think that he would be a really good fit. Now, I think having that said, right, using my own anecdotal story from the season, right? Lars Newbar is very much beloved in St. Louis, right? Like I sat in center field when the Mariners were playing the Cardinals, and there was a whole fan base of Cardinals that were there in T Mobile Park that were just there just to watch Newt and called Newt and everything else. So I think it's very difficult for me to see the Cardinals moving on from him, but I think Newbar would be a good I think Neubauer would be a good fit for the Mariners. Um I think my concern is I probably had you probably talking about giving up Logan Gilbert to get him subsequently, you would get, you would get, you would get pieces on top of that, right? Not just Lars Newbart for Logan Gilbert. That's not a one-to-one deal, but um, you could probably ask for more, much more on top of that, but I think a new bar would be a good fit. So you can hate me if you want, bring it on.
0: I, w- I will. I will. I I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't, I don't. We will be sitting here next off season talking about where do we go from here with Lars bar. It'll be even a worse conversation than we're having with Teo. You know, don't like to claim I'm Notre Dameus, but I feel like in my years of being a Mariners fan, I've seen enough of this. So you want high contact guys? Let's go get Sean Figgins. How'd that work out? You want high contact guy? Let's go get D Gordon. Let's see how that works out. Yeah, and then it comes down to where we slot him. Yeah, you know, are we moving Julio back to right so he can play center? What are we doing? There? We would just,
1: we would just, it would just fill into the to, to to right field. I feel like this is that's a that's a non that's a non issue at that point. Like, it's a non issue. You're right. It's a non issue.
0: the The issue should be we need to get someone that can that can hit in T-Mobile Park. I. Guarantee he's not gonna be a kind that's gonna hit in T Mobile Park. Okay,
1: well, who is a good hit? Who who would hit in T Mobile Park then? I think this is where this is my this uh, is the issue. I, this I, is the issue you. that I keep thinking, like, I, I keep this is the issue I keep coming back to, right? Is like we have this we have this issue with our ballpark, right? It's a known issue with our ballpark. Mm-hmm. We are the worst ballpark when it comes to um you know, I can pull up the park factors here, right? We are the worst ballpark at doubles, we are the worst power ballpark at triples, we suppress even singles, right? The one thing our ballpark does an okay job with is we do an okay job with home runs, right? Like home runs, we do okay on. We're still, I think, in the second half of the league, but I think of all of our, you know, metrics that we do okay on, hitting home runs is okay. Everything else we're garbage in, right? Everything else, the ballpark is not good, right? So, like, where do we go from here? Cause right now it's a real challenge to find somebody that fits in with our ballpark and our team. So, like, if I'm trying to figure out a hole, And I'm tired of like looking at a team that swings a lot of pitches that hits the ball hard, but doesn't make a whole lot of contact. Like that's kind of where I could see we could fit, be us, see us filling a hole rather than what we have currently.
0: You, you just brought, you just said, you know, the only thing that the Mariners stadium is good for somewhat is home runs. So single doubles and triples are out of the question. Why are we bringing in large Newbar, Who's not known for power, you know, and unfortunately, you know, if we're, if we're going to get someone, and want them to succeed, it's going to probably have to be a big name. And it's probably going to have to be a lefty bat. Because I feel like, you know, the right field porch is a little bit better than the bullpen out left to hit home runs into. So it's probably going to be a Juan Soto, or a, you know, you didn't put him on the list, Shoei, could be a Shoei. Just a left-handed bat. I would even take Jose Ramirez, because he does have power from the left side. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't want the same song and dance if we do go down that route. You know, that that will end up with egg on our face if we go and trade Logan Gilbert for Lars Newbar and Lars doesn't work out.
1: Well, it's not a one to one trade. It's it's have, certainly not a one to one trade. It's not even close to a one to one trade for gonna, the two.
0: It's not going to be a one to one trade. But but who else are you going to get that's going to do well? We're going to go get another pitcher. Okay, uh, maybe. Maybe you can, you know, wring my arm if we can get the top Cardinals pitcher, but I I don't know, man. I it it's just scares me thinking about it. I, I would say half over half your trade targets would probably scare me.
1: There's a there's a lot there's a lot of scary stuff involved with all of this right like I think if we I think we can I think what we can all both agree on right is if there's a lot of the 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 potential of scaring of the, the potential of trading Logan Gilbert is a scary scary thought right because I think that you know you're looking at the playoffs right now and you're going into it and if you have three really good starters it's going to help you I think immensely right and the fact that we have three of those guys right now and we can throw. Those three guys out there to start, you know, a, a three-game series, or you know, whatever three a wild card series, or you know, an ALDS series, is really beneficial. But um, I think we've come to a point where we haven't developed offensive talent. We haven't developed off a good enough mm-hmm. offensive talent to hit home runs, and I think we've got the talent from a you know, pitching perspective from a prospect perspective that we're going to have to trade some guys. This is going to have to be risk. This is going to have yeah. to be, this is something's going to have to hurt for us to do this. And maybe it's Logan Gilbert and maybe it's not a large new bar trade. I'm not saying that that should have been the trade in the first place. I was just kind of throwing a name out there. Right. But like something's going to have to hurt here because we're at a point now where Jerry and team haven't done enough to figure out how to produce more, better offensive talent at Tebow Mo park. And now we're kind of stuck. So somebody's gonna have to go. I think that's where we're at. The, the
0: The very, very big pessimistic side in me is is it's gonna come out for a second because I feel like we're just writing another chapter of John Boy's Mariners history recap. You know how many times have we had X player and X player and X player, and we should be the top in the league, tops in the league, and. We can't figure out one aspect of the game or the other, you know. Back when we had Griffey and A. Rod and Edgar and, you know, I would say Randy, but, you know, outside of Randy, we didn't have pitching. Now we're in a you know a complete inverse of that right now, where we have Luis Castillo, we have George Kirby, we have Logan Gilbert, we do have offensive pieces like Julio and and Cal and J. P. now, but like. We don't have an offense. <laughs> like, I don't know, I just feel like we're just writing another chapter in the history of the Mariners of we just can't piece it all together. And it and it sucks to say I don't want to be that Mariners fan. I'm a generally positive Mariners fan. But it just, it it's crap like that that it's like, man, we got to do something, but it scares me. It never works out. I guess it's because it never works out in the end. That's Sean Figgins, you know, deal. It is what it is. But even Robbie Cano, we did get some good years out of him, but did it lead to a playoff appearance? It did not. Did it lead to a World Series appearance? Obviously not. It didn't lead to a playoff appearance. You know, so where do we go from here?
1: Well, I like I said, I think maybe to like to, to tie this back to what we started at the beginning of this, right, is that we are at a point now where these Band-Aid approaches, these, you know, we're going to buy these one year. We're going to buy these one year deals. We're going to hope that we bring in Tommy La Stella and we're going to bring in these other guys on these whatever. We can squeeze the last little bit of baseball out of them. These things aren't working, right? So I think that mm-hmm. as we go into this off season. And, you know, I I implore everybody to be creative about, you know, what you whatever you want to talk about, however you want to fantasy, you know, roster bait trade, however you want to do it, right? Like, be creative about it, right? Like, think about it in your mind about what you would like to see here, because I think that's what Jerry and team are doing. I think that they're going to have to get creative with some of these deals because and get creative with the way that they analyze our offense and what they think is going to help our offense, I think, succeed in the future, because right now it's just, uh it's a struggle. It's a challenge, right? Of to seeing to where we're going. And I think you've you know pinpointed that historically we've, you know, I I, I can add Scott Spezia to that list. I can add Adrian Beltrade to that list. Oh, I can add Richie sex into that list, yeah. right? Like there's, there's yeah. a whole lot of things there, right? So, um, yeah, hopefully Jerry and team can dip into that, the analytics portion to figure something out this off season and get creative. Like, I think that's what I'm asking for, right? We have to really own this transactional, off-season period if we really want to make the next step and i think be the al contender al west contenders that i think we can be but um you know if we continue down the same path right um I, I don't think it's going to be successful and um i think we should try something different and if that means taking a little bit of risk then that's probably ultimately what's gonna to have to be and that's where i'll leave that
0: that risk is not the st louis cardinals bow so what i'm gonna end with there <laughs> Um, as you, as, as you probably noticed already, we have not talked about the free agency targets because a, there's not a lot of them, but B, I feel like we can touch on that in our next episode. You know, when we come back on our, our second part of the off season, um, you know, it's going to be very sparse with the free agents. So maybe, maybe that's what, that's what scares me about this off season It too, is I don't think free agency is going to be the, the question it's going to have to come down to trades. So. Again, keep saying it. It's gonna be a big off season. This is gonna be the one that's gonna make the break make or break the Mariners, more so than last offseason. You know, they're on the cusp. It's uh it's time to uh you know either go to the bathroom or get off the pot. So I was trying to do that in the most PG way possible, though. (laughs) But uh, you know, it it either leads to success or it leads to another rebuild and i really 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 don't want to see another rebuild you know at this point in my life because mariners baseball has been you know pretty miserable for the last 20 some odd years so yeah well bill that's our show for the day um i i feel like we've argued more tonight than we have ever that on this show so that was pretty impressive
1: yeah, wasn't bad. Yeah, we'll we'll try it again. We'll try it again next week when we talk about free agents. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we don't have anything to argue about next uh, next week because I feel like next week is going to be, yep, we could sign him or we could not, and we'll both agree with it. So.
1: But we aren't going to sign anybody. Yeah. Surprise alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> nope,
0: nope, it's going to be a trade target. Not even showy. We got to get off that showy bandwagon. So. Well, Bo, let's wrap it up. You got anything else for our listeners before we get out of here? That's it for me. And that's it for me as well. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound Pacific Northwest and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week on the Forkstown Podcast. Brother.